What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I am Mike. With me, we have Kev, Josh, Liz, Laura, Ellen, Steve, Justin. The gang is all here. We are going to do a recap show, uh, looking back on 2021, uh, peeking ahead a little bit to 2022, make some predi- predictions. It's our like annual, you know, roundup show. So, you know. Uh, let's just go around the horn real quick and uh, and say hello, Justin. It's been a while since we've chatted. What's going on, man? Yeah, you know, uh, I got real sad about uh, playoff soccer last night after uh, going to the Philadelphia Union's playoff game against Nashville. Although it was fun, you know, ribbing their fans about maybe they should head back to the USL at some point in time. Um, but it was a good, it was a good, uh, it was a good experience. But it really made me real sad about the Riverhounds. Yeah, I still don't think I fully processed that like we just didn't play a game. I feel like I should have by now, but it's still just like it's still kind of there. Laura Allen, what's uh? Obviously, you live in the same house as Justin, but what's new with you? Um, well, I got some new plants, which you can kind of see behind me. Um, well, I brought my outdoor plants inside because it's cold now. I did not go to the Philadelphia Union game because it's cold outside and I prefer to stay warm inside. Um, but I think denial is a really helpful mechanism for dealing with tragedy in our lives, at least in the short term. So that's how I've been approaching things. That's fair. Steve, um, I don't think I've talked to you in person. Congrats, man. You got a house, didn't you? Yeah, bought my first house finally. I kind of got to a point where I was just like, you know, I've been delaying this decision uh, year after year, kind of like, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait until I figure out what I'm doing with my life. And I realized I'm doing my life what I'm doing with my life. I might as well uh, look around. So I was looking around. um, Things just didn't seem right. And then this house came on the market. Uh, It was a five block move from my apartment. Um, So I walked by with a dog. Um, I was like, yeah, this looks like a nice little house. Um, uh, went and visited the next day, put an offer in, and the seller accepted the offer within six and a half hours of when I like did the visit um, to tour the house. So um, things went really smoothly uh, in the process. Um, I've got like my own actual office now, so I'm not like in the living room, um, which is kind of cool. So like, you know, you see all my soccer scars and whatnot in the background. I actually have a place to put them now. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Like the backyard's awesome. Uh, Rory is having a blast out there. His dog friends come over and they wrestle in the backyard for hours. So it's, it's been a really good decision. It's been, what? I mean, it's two weeks tomorrow. So uh, it's still really new. That's awesome. Congrats, man. That's really, Thanks. really cool. Yeah, happy for you. Liz, you were dancing when you joined. I'm sure it's because you were so excited to see all of us, right? That's why. Oh, we can't hear you, Liz. I don't know if your mic's on or not. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to blame Josh for that. We'll come back to you. Hi, Kev. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everyone else gets a so good to see you. So great to hear. I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Uh, <laughs> By the way, we're fine. This is like this is just you know how we interact with each other. There's there's yeah. no uh, there's no tension yeah. between us. No 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 we're good. no. There's legit no tension. We just talked. Yeah. We talked. We actually talked more this past week than we have in like a long time. Like it was like two or three times, which is like great. So yeah yeah, um, I'm good. I got um uh, you might be able to see. 
my $1 hound scarf that I got from uh, the salvage place out here in uh, Mount Pleasant, which is fantastic. Um, Susan was looking for like a end table or something and I just saw it like laying there. So yeah, I said, that's coming home with me. Um, Liz, are you guys back? Maybe. Yeah, 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 you are. Right. It's happening. Now I'm <laughs> dancing because you all get to hear me. <laughs> What's been new with you, Liz? Um, I mean, I've moved on to cooking and we do Thanksgiving. I did a full Thanksgiving spread, which is like my happy place. I have a schedule. I can do it all. Um, and then we'll get some cookies in and we're going to PAX Unplugged in two weeks. So it's a, like a board game convention. I'm oh, focused on other things. I've moved on with my life. But the championship was just yesterday. How could you move on so quick? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we weren't in it, so whatever. <laughs> we watched it. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Yeah. All right, raise your hand if you watched it last night. Just you two. <laughs> All right. Well, that checks out. the scores a yeah. couple times. <laughs> I watched the highlights this morning, but that was about it. Um, I mean, Justin gets a pass. He was in yeah. Philly watching that spectacular uh kickoff at the end or pk at the end that was bizarre the memes on reddit about nashville are fantastic today for those who don't know missed every single uh free kick at the very end of the game yeah it was real enjoyable (laughs) i I don't think i've ever seen a penalty shootout that was two zero like that's that's bad all around but like really bad to not score one (laughs) Well, like the first two were saved, which is really impressive. I, there was a lot going on. Um, yeah, it was. I can't even imagine being there. I think I would have been very angry. <laughs> <laughs> if if you also don't know the third the third PK taker for Philly was sixteen year old Jack McGlynn, who was a was a steel you know was a Bethlehem Steel uh, player and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he has made it to the union roster and now is showing up in big moments good for him playing in a stadium with lights now how cool is yeah, that exactly. <laughs> <So> cool. <laughs> uh, talking about you know showed up on the big stage so we have a couple of things we're just going to run through real quick and then we're going to get to the the typical you know season recap nonsense that we run through uh, so a couple of things, and I think we're going to dive into probably most of these more in depth in the coming weeks. Cause we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this off season. First off big news. The hounds will be in a video game. It's now official. It came out a week or two ago. Um, it is not, it's not FIFA. It's not by EA sports. It's Konami's eFootball franchise. Um, I have not, I went back and watched like a demo video about it today to see what this is. Steve, you said you've actually played it. Is this game oh. legit? Oh, absolutely. So uh, in the U.S., it's pro evolution soccer. In Europe, it's winning 11. And my understanding is, at least historically, like it was the bigger franchise. Um, But I will I will fight anyone that tells me that pro Evo soccer on the Nintendo Wii was not the greatest soccer game ever created. Like that's when I played it. It was fantastic. There was not a lot of licensing back then. Like it was like the North London blues to be Chelsea. Right. It was like Drogba instead of Drogba. Like it was, it was like, I mean, it was rough all around, but it was like, it's on the Wii. So you're using the Wii remote to like drag players and like do different runs and whatnot. It was fantastic. It was a ton of fun. Um, Hey, the yeah. hounds are in it, but it's not on Wii anymore, so I probably won't play. 
And my understanding is this version of the game, um, they're, they're rebranding it with the, the eSports tag, and it's going to be um, essentially free-to-play, from my understanding. So it's going to be a little bit different. So, I mean, at that point, free-to-play game with the hounds in it, that's kind of cool. So I, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. How is that? Wait, hold on. How is that going to work free-to-play? Is it, like, web-based? I mean, probably not. It's probably just going to be a downloadable game or, like, you know it's going to be a game that you have to download. You can't buy a physical copy properly. Gotcha. 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 I mean, well, according to games radar, the title eFootball 2020 to review a disastrous start to the post Pez era. So, you know, 1.5, sorry, Steve, but, uh, <laughs> and, you know, they have, they have Ronaldo on that, on like the front cover and it looks about as like, good as Ronaldo's statue that uh, went around. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of the game was terrible, but it was the ability to use the Wiimote to like drag players on different runs and do dummy runs. Like, it was so much fun. We'll see how it goes. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's still cool, period. Like, I think that this is... I, don't eat, I will never play it. I don't play these types of games because I am awful at video games. Um, I do the grindy stuff in Animal Crossing. Like, give me a fishing rod. Do it for days. But I think this is really cool and super fun. There, are, I don't know, it's an option. You could, whatever, manage the the hounds. Put, pit yourself against Lily. Let's see how we do. It's just, it's cool. I did have a moment, and, and we will move on here in a second. I did have a moment where I saw, like, all of the local news stations covered it. Like, it was, like, a big deal. Like, the hounds are going to be in a video game. And I'm like, Steelers are in a video game. The Pirates are, like, all the other. The teams are in a video game, so like yes, we've come a long way, but the fact that we're not even in FIFA, like, is making news. Like, uh, I mean, it's news. It's good news. But as long as they're mentioning it and not as negative as you are, I think it's a win. <laughs> Moving on. Listen, every community is like, oh, we're in USL, we're not in MLS. Oh, we're blah blah blah, and not on FIFA. Good gravy, people! Shouldn't you be glad you have soccer and you can play it? I'm trying to clean up my language. Oh, okay. I'm really confused, but good gravy. <laughs> good gravy. All right. Good gravy. There's your, your Liz. Wait, is this a family friendly episode too? I have questions. Yes. Well, yes. Keep it we'll stick with yes. good gravy. Keep it friendly. You should be glad you have soccer to watch and play on video games. <laughs> in other news, this is the balance we needed in the show. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> In other news, Orange County won the uh, cha- the USL Championship championship last night, beating Tampa three to one at Al Lang Stadium. Um, I think, you know, if you had asked the majority of people watching that game before last night, all the money was on Tampa. So to lose three to one at home in the way that they did, uh, you know, Tampa got a PK early on that was then saved, and uh, you know, just mental errors left and right, and just. Orange County took it to them, so kudos to them. But there's, you know, it's... there's this thing, there's this thing of playing out of the back that USL teams probably just shouldn't be doing. But nobody, <laughs> nobody in this league is Barcelona, so don't play that way. Yep. Speaking yeah. of Barcelona, <clears throat> the more is... important news. To <laughs> I was come out. Say, is there a follow up to that? Continue. I think you mean PSG. I... <laughs> <laughs> PSG is just like a a, a money uh, saving uh, retirement option. But anyway, Messi won his seventh Balloon d'Or today, which was quite lovely. The picture I should have sent it to you, Mike. We could have shared it with um, our viewers, listeners. the The picture of Messi and his wife and their three sons showing up, like their sons were in matching 
like tux jackets that were like gold and sparkly. It was like the coolest uh, thing. But all that to say, good riddance to Tampa, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun to watch. Connect, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to see Tampa. Like, okay, I I don't have anything against Tampa. Actually, I don't really care that much about the team itself. But it was it was interesting to see them at home. Huge, but great atmosphere. Like, it looks really cool. It was actually funny because I went from watching the MLS game to uh, the final, the US final, and it was interesting to see the different. Like, the atmospheres were. Pretty on par. I would even say the atmosphere felt louder and bigger at Tampa's game, as far as like just the way it was looking on TV. Um, so who knows if it's just the way they mic'd it up or whatever. But yeah, I feel for the fans though. Like it, it sucks to be like you know at home watching your team in the playoffs and just see them getting thrashed like that because it was like nothing was going right for them. Yeah, I, I want to comment. It's really hard to care about Tampa when we just watch the Hounds handily. Uh, make them look foolish multiple times this season. So I agree with Josh. I don't care about Tampa. Eh, don't forget about that first game we played of the season with uh, against Tampa and we lost. First like, game what? of the season doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one thing that, you know, the game last night, you, you look at going into the playoffs, and I'm sure we'll dive into this ad nauseum later, maybe not in this show, but in a future one, where you look at how far Tampa went. And late in the season, we sort of handedly took it to Tampa. And you just sort of consider what could have been had it not been for, um, you know, the the whole COVID situation. But we will not regret. We will move on. Uh, I guess three more quick things and we'll actually get into the, uh, the round robin questions here. So first off, there was a press conference with Lily uh, the week after it was announced that the Hounds would not be participating in the playoffs. Uh, Steve and I were both there. There were a number of great questions that were asked. I think the most interesting one um, was our buddy uh, um, uh, Mark uh, asked the question of Coach Lilly if he's been approached about coaching an MLS team because his pedigree in USL is so strong and there's a number of open uh, spots or potentially open spots in the MLS. And Lilly said no, and he is 100% focused on the team heading into this offseason, which he also mentioned that the offseason is a lot shorter this year. And, you know, especially with uh, everything with the COVID stuff, they weren't able to wrap up the season as quickly as they normally would have. So he hadn't even talked to the team yet by that point because everyone was still quarantining. They still had another week before they could meet with the players and then they had to make decisions. And now they're basically prepping for next year already. So it sounded like by the end of November was when they had to have all of the contracts locked up for any options that they were going to pick up. And so we should be hearing about players soonish. Hopefully we'll see about whose options were picked up. Um, but we very quickly went from like season being over to like we're we're into next season mode, which is great. So, um, so that happened. I, yeah, I want to comment on that as mm-hmm. well. Like with with that press conference with Bob, and especially that question from Mark, I really appreciated Bob's style of response. He had a chip on his shoulder. He's like, no, I'm not looking uh, to move on. Uh, I'm here. I've got something to prove. I want to win it all in Pittsburgh. Um, and that was a really cool thing to see. Like he was just like Bob is invested, uh, and he's going to be here. I think until he realizes 
he can't win a championship or he does win that championship, which I think is a great thing that I really appreciate about um, how he responded, not just to the, uh, the specifics of Mark's question, but the things surrounding that as well. Yeah. Can can we uh, stop putting that in the atmosphere as far as uh, reporters and bloggers? Like, it, stop asking if Bob's going to leave because I don't yeah. want that to happen. So it would yeah. be nice <laughs> if you stop manifesting that and like just you know keep that to yourself. Don't ask that question anymore. Don't bring up the idea. You know, I don't want anyone to get any ideas from these questions. Bob's fine. He's doing great. He has a, a nice office. Bob Lilly and... is a terrible coach. Don't look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing that Bob sort of reiterated, uh, like leaning into Steve's comment about the chip on his shoulder. He's very cognizant of the fact that he's been with a lot of teams, um, both uh, sort of USL. And I think there was some MLS early on. Um, maybe I'm wrong there. Where shortly after he's left, the team that he had put together, the players that were still behind went on to win championships. And so he still feels like he had a part in building those teams and he just sort of left too early. So it almost feels like he may not be interested in leaving too early this time that he really thinks he can build a team and stick it out. And then doesn't, he doesn't want to leave and then see Pittsburgh win without him here. Um, so he's very cognizant of his repertoire and uh, and how he he wants to continue building things here, which is you know good for fans. So um, so that happened. Uh, the team, the USL Championship announced their all league team. Uh, Kenny was the only hound to get voted in. He he made it to the second team. Um, so there's that. Uh, and I guess the- a quick question: Does any does anyone know like how those? teams get assembled is it player voting is it people from like the usl office or managers voting or whatever dartboard <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. sure it's just the front office the uh front office just kind of deciding because like cicerone in the top seven goal scorers this season uh dixon in the top five for assists this season's no call out at all in the first or second team because they do have both in fact uh uh I think he made the second team actually. Kenny did. Like it wasn't yeah, even yeah. the first second team. team. It wasn't so, the first team, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little I'm bit sure, crap. <laughs> I'm sure it was in the article, Kevin. I just didn't read it. I just looked at the big old graphic they had. I was like, ah, oh, Kenny, second team. Yeah, I don't there think it was. I don't remember it being in the article. I think what's impressive though is uh how often Kenny Forbes has done that and how he's done it. <laughs> he's been in a USL all team or all league team as a hound every season that he's been a hound, which has been fun to watch. That is impressive. For sure. Um, I don't, I mean, then, I don't, I, I don't think Kenny's been our best player this season. Um, I don't think we're that's just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna push that aside for right now. Cause yeah, I feel like fine. we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> um, the last bit, which again, we're just going to push to the side, but there were multiple outlets that came out today. Uh, essentially confirming some of the rumors that we heard earlier this season that the USL is seriously considering switching to a fall to spring schedule as opposed to a spring to fall schedule. Uh, now, you know, how seriously you may take some of these outlets, who knows, but the fact that it's come out and uh, and it's sort of strongly alluded to the fact that the USL is going to do this. It doesn't say when, but it says it's going to happen is an interesting topic of conversation. So do with that what you will, but that's sort of the, all of the news that's come out really since the last time um, we got together to, to try to break things down for you guys. Um, 
on to the season recap, shall we? So I put together, like every year, put together a list of just sort of questions or players to that you're going to miss or whatever it may be. And then we just sort of go around the horn and we share our thoughts on um, just on, on the question, what happened this season and some of the stuff we'll talk about heading into 2022. So we're going to start with, I, I was going to say an easy one, but I actually found it to be a lot less easy than I thought it was going to be. Favorite moment of 2021. It was obviously a bit of a crazy year um but uh especially with the way that it ended but there were a lot of positives to take away from it so um laura ellen you are at least the way i see it you are directly to my the viewers right my yeah, yeah i don't know anyway why don't you start laura ellen what was your favorite moment of this past year i think this this season for me also was really hard to think of a favorite moment um 2021 has been a very uh changing uh year for our household and family and so um unfortunately the river hounds were not able to take the seat of priority that they normally do in our lives that said we were able to attend a game i could not tell you who we played i could not tell you who won Uh, But it was really just like really lovely to be in Highmark Stadium again, uh, you know, for the final time before we moved out of the area. It was just really lovely. And it was a beautiful, hot day as happens uh, in the summer. And so, yeah, that was just it was good. It was kind of like a nice way that we were able to get there before moving and yeah, just like be there and be in that atmosphere. And I just I. I can't wait to get back, um, hopefully, in, in the coming season. So back in Highmark, I like it. Steve, you're next around the horn on my screen. Okay, well, so I know you're going to talk about uh, beating Tampa, Mike. Don't give I away my secrets. Not, Look at um, you. <laughs> well, only because, you, can you know, talk that, about it. That's that fine. was my, that was like, that. I mean, it clearly was for me. Um, so I, I reached a little deeper. And I mean, how do you not love a 5-0 win? Uh, the Hounds drubbing Loudon at home. I mean, it's just fun to be in the stadium. Um, I'd say that was the first time uh, in a long, long time that I felt like the entire Paul Child stand was just electric. I mean, five goals in a game. I don't care who it's against. We scored five goals. Um, And, you know, like, that's just fun. And the stadium environment was just lit up like crazy and it was great to be in the stands that night um so that's that's kind of like my other one that was fantastic awesome that's a good one i'm gonna throw up here before we not like throw up throw up i'm gonna put up on the screen there we go matt polanski said his favorite moment was finally being able to be back at highmark without as many restrictions so thanks matt for sharing that justin how about you yeah i'd say probably my my real one my real favorite moment was uh Dixon hit a couple rockets from really bad angles and just anytime he would do that, like anytime he got into a bad angle, but with an open shot on net, I was like, this probably going in. Uh, And several times it did. And like good keeper saved most of those, but somehow he was able to slide a couple of those by. So that was probably my real one. I'd say my like less like the smaller one, but like potentially bigger one was just the fact that Wyatt Borso hit the field a couple times and was on the roster. Like, 
I think that, I mean, that, like you guys talked about it a little bit two weeks ago, but like that's something we've been calling for for a long, long time is that there's a pathway from academy to pro team. And it happened this year. <laughs> like, I think that's huge. Like it didn't, I mean, Borsa didn't play that much. He didn't really do any, all that much on the field, you know, all that kind of stuff. But just the fact that Lily had enough trust in him to put him on the roster and stick him in a couple games, I think says, says something huge about what's happening at the academy level. And so, like, I love that for us long term. It's just, you know, it didn't pay dividends this year, but I think that's okay. Yeah. And actually, to that point, uh, Steve, I think you were the one that asked Lily during that press conference about that very thing. And he mentioned that he was actually hoping to have more players come through that system. But because of COVID restrictions, they couldn't have they were basically in their bubble and they couldn't have some of the young players join the bubble to train with them. And so once we get to a point where the bubbles can be a bit more flexible, then the hope is that they do have some younger players that continue to move up and can penetrate the bubble and participate with the first team, which is exciting. I mean, you know, to your point, Justin, like you said, we've been calling for that like forever. So that's great. And um, I would hope as good as the, as the, you know, as the girls teams are in the Academy, like I would hope that that might indicate in the future or might give the hounds hope that like, maybe it's not the top women's league in the USL structure, but maybe it's the second, you know, second division league that there is that like pathway um, to like pro soccer for, for the women as well. And I think like that would, I mean, that would be huge. And so I think it's just, it's nice to see, you know, I think you guys talked about it last week, but I think like we look at Louisville and we go, Hey, Louisville does all this and this is what we want to see and all this kind of stuff. And they have their women's team now. And so like, it'd be really cool if we could get to that point as well. Agreed. 100%. Josh, how about you? Uh, so I'm pretty, it's the home opener. I mean, after a whole year, uh, you know, of having no one allowed in the stadium and like season ticket holders got like one game and that game was like spread out, hardly anyone there. And it just felt strange. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same as being at, you know, the Paul child stand with all the fans with the flags and the smoke and everything like that. So that home opener, it feeling like a real game. It feeling like we were back. It, it felt, Oh wait, I have to, that's right. I, it felt gravy. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, sir. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was just good. It was good, to, you know, to, to feel like we were back. And you know, granted, we were naive back then and thinking like you know we had crest the hill and we're you know, on the way back to normal. But you know, that that besides that, it, it was still it was nice to to have that moment. Liz. Um. So it was actually the the fight that we had about Chick Fil A. Because, like, for a number of reasons. And, like, it brought us closer to the Iron City front, which I think is a great thing that we have two supporters groups and finding out how to work together, even though we have different main priorities, that we're both there for the team, that we're both there for a community. It really, like, solidified our ability to talk to each other, which I think is wonderful. And hopefully, like, we will have more groups um, who you know, want to cheer and chant in their own way and who want to support in their own way. And it's not always going to be, the Steel Army is not always going to be your right fit. And I hope that everyone finds a home and that other people build things. Um, it gave us like a strong, positive way to talk with the front office about something that was really difficult. And I think as the team matures and as the Steel Army matures, it's really important because other things are going to come up. Other priorities are going to come up. And having that base and knowing that you can communicate with each other is incredibly important so that we don't, we are not odds with each other when we disagree. So I think that was really important. 
Um, and then it got a lot of people talking about the river hounds in a really positive light and about the steel army in a really positive light that there was that communication that the steel army is focused on a set of values and they live by those values. Um, I didn't realize how many other teams had had issues, you know, how deep the issues went with some of their front offices until this came up and it kept getting retweeted and it kept getting published. And then a lot of people approached me and said, Hey, I heard about this in the news because it made, of course, every news cycle here in Pittsburgh. And they were like, tell me more about the steel army. Tell me more about your values. Tell me more about what the game experience is like. And so I got to talk about the team and about the steel army a lot. So in the end, from a situation that could have been really terrible, there were a lot of positives that came out for it for me. And I think that it made, um, it made our group a lot stronger. And so I think that's a big deal. I think that's a fantastic one. And and one that for whatever reason, just I completely forgot about, but there, there were a number of cases this season where you could tell that, and you know, it's, it's somewhat kudos to the team as an organization for listening to, you know, what the fans feel is important, but there were, there were a number of occasions, not as major as the Chick-fil-A one, but where we as fans sort of push back and we're like, well, hold up, like, you know, what's going on here. And then the team actually sort of backtracked and, and, and responded in a way that, that was more fitting to what the fans were looking for. So um, yeah, that was a really, really good one. Um, Kev, before you go, I'm going to put up on the screen. JF said that his favorite part was his first one at home being a season ticket holder owner. Holy cow. First one at home being a season ticket holder in the home game versus Red Bulls. So thanks, Jeff, for that. What would uh, a honer be? Is it a home? A, homer? <laughs> a, a homeowner? Is that what a that is? A homeowner? A honer. Yeah. A honer. Like, so Steve? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve's a honer. Steve's a honer. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I don't know if I feel good about this or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, what's yours? I, I mean, I. The, the moment that like kind of defined the season for me was the the no goal goal replay of Miami. Um, it's a it's a very complicated feeling uh, moment where it went from just like yeah like are you kidding me kind of how do you talk about this on a podcast um, to then you know <laughs> being a great moment to to then getting the points we need to feeling like it was the kickstart and the catalyst to going into the playoffs that we needed. Um, even though that kind of fell short in the in the in the last game, but um, yeah, that uh, man, that 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 moment had gave me a lot of feelings that I think will will help define the season for me. Is it a favorite moment though, or was it just a moment? I mean, it, the entire yeah, the entire. I mean, I, thing I guess I should it. have just understood that I asked the question and Kevin changed the question, so it's fine. <laughs> that's, no, that's it's just par for the course. It's good. I genuinely think. When you take them, like when you take it as a whole, yeah, it was my favorite moment because, you know, th yeah, that those six seconds, no, it was terrible. And I wouldn't say that was my favorite, but like, you know, how it ended, you know, this, the, the drama that, that exists around it, the story that exists around it, um, the redemption that, that it offered, you know, that's, that's, that's why I'm, a, that's why I'm a fan. It's great. I mean, it, it, the corner, that's it. Let's get on with the game, I guess. So after all of that, we have a corner for Pittsburgh. <laughs> exactly. That's like one of the last times I'm going to do that. I'm sorry. Exactly. I don't think Bob's comments were uh, PG. Mike. <laughs> he did not say great. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I couldn't hear anything there, Liz. I don't know. What, um, can, can I throw a secondary one? Like, 
sure. Tuffy's tweets related to this incident <laughs> were absolutely fantastic, even though they were cryptic at times. Like Tuffy was on point with his tweets from the moment that happened until the replay was announced. And it was fantastic to watch. It did result in the shortest watch party ever, which was a blast. We, <laughs> we had it at Bulldog Pub, and it it had a great turnout. It probably the best turnout we had for a watch party that year. And yeah, that just tells you something, you know, how, how much it did mean to everyone and like how crazy it was. And again, it got the Riverhounds press and it got us, you know, mentioned by a lot of bigger names in soccer, uh, even though a lot of them were angry that the you, that they decided to, to play the game again from that moment. But uh, yeah, shout out to Taylor, Taylor Twelman, I guess, you know, yeah. for standing on soapbox and yelling about it for a while. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if you talk to people, you know, five years down the road. Um, do people remember the hounds more for that or Romeo? Uh, like, it's probably so like, Romeo. Like what's the what's the like memory that people have of like hounds on ESPN? Was it Miami <laughs> or I mean more people understand the Romeo incident and so more people will remember that. Like having to explain yeah. and figure out what happened with the the whatever own goal like that was hard to clip. Like, no. aren't gonna remember. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. I, I think a lot of that depends on when their team that they follow in the USL came into the league. Sure. Yeah. Like I think like people that are in the league now are gonna remember this. But if they weren't around for the Romeo incident, they're not gonna remember. Like that doesn't stick out to them. Um I, I think my favorite point sort of pales in compa- comparison. I think you guys all did a great job. I just picked the the two nothing win late or mid October against Tampa at home. That to me was a game where going into it, I felt like, mm, like I don't know, like what do we actually got here? And the team showed up, and you know we had a uh, a Duba dive in the in the penalty box, which then Vidiello saved. Like it felt like that was our stamp. Like here we go, we're gonna go on this run, and it's gonna be amazing. And then, you know, it didn't, you know, play out that way. But uh, in that moment, it was just like, okay, like this team is going to do it. They're, it's going to be great. So, um, yeah, so that's my moment. Um, next up, I'm going to combine the next two questions because, you know, shocker, we're going to run out of time here. Uh, so the, the, the next two questions, and we're going to go then in reverse order. So, Kev, you'll be up first. Um, player you're, you'd be really disappointed to see leave and the player most likely to leave. So last year, just to sort of set the table for this, we all know that there's going to be players that leave. Um, You know, the Hounds are somewhat notorious for not necessarily picking up, I don't say not picking up options, but they typically always sign players to one-year deals with an option. And then after that, they're with the Hounds for two-ish years, and then they're gone. And really, the only players that have been here all four seasons that Lily has been here are Kenny Forbes and Jordan Dover. That's it. Uh, we we just you know we we run through players pretty quickly. So um, last year, I remember there were a lot of people who said like you know Tommy V, we want to see him leave, or Ryan James, we want to see him leave. And so unfortunately, they did both leave. So Kev, uh, coming to you first, um, while I'm trying to ignore the chatter in chat. <laughs> Player that you'd be really disappointed to see leave and player most likely to leave, and they could be the same person. 
Um, I mean, I, I'll start off with the obvious. I mean, the obvious for me, um, I, I mean, Ciceroni would be the person I would hate to to see leave the most. Um, I think, especially at this level, you know, it's it's hard to find guaranteed goals, and that, you know, if Ciceroni hangs around, you know, I I feel very confident putting money and you know high conviction money on him scoring more than twelve goals next season, and I think that's worth its weight in gold in the USL. Um, I mean, what player most likely to leave? I feel like I can cheat and just say like Josh Gatt or something, but like no, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pick someone from like from the starting someone. eleven. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's you know, that's you really it's really say. difficult. Uh, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think Cicerone's gonna leave. I don't think Dixon's gonna leave. Um, it's hard to say because like. I feel like a lot of the players that came in and made an impact were kind of first year players. And so we have that like option for them to, to extend. Um, and so I don't, I don't see like, like Todd Wharton comes to mind, but I feel like he's done enough where we'll, we'll likely probably pick up the option on Todd on someone like a Todd Wharton. Um, so I don't know. I think that's, that's really up in the air. I mean, I, I don't remember the the timeline of when Jordan Dover signed signed contracts, but it feels like he might be one. I wouldn't want to see him go, but you know he he might be a likely exit in, in a similar vein, like a like a Ryan James or something from last year. I feel like you're dragging this out, and you still didn't say the name you wanted to say, but that's fine. Liz, I'm going to jump to you. <laughs> okay, so player, I'd be really disappointed to see leave. I am admitting defeat on this question on all counts. I never know. I'm going to trust in the Bob Lilly system. Last year, we kept seven players. I think this year I would have said, if we can keep nine players, that'd be great. But I don't know enough. And so I would just name starters. And that's not how you build a good team. So I obviously don't know anything. Of the seven players last year, four of those had been here for at least two years. Um, and three seasons without moving on is like, because of family money, like the USL is very you know volatile. I think that's great. So in the end, I'll trust the Bob Willie system, but whoever he keeps, I will at least like at least half of them this to be their, you know, like third year. That's my goal. So I'm just gonna trust the Bob Lilly system. I have no idea. But I think the player most likely to leave is Killwine. Um, it didn't really feel like he firmly played in position. Um, I don't know if it's because Lily really expects you to be flexible, um, or if Killwine just didn't really enjoy where he was being played. Um, but it also felt like he had so much potential. And he was like on this cusp of doing something really great. And so this may be a situation where the system just didn't let him shine. And there are other places that he could go and shine. And so I think he's the most likely to leave and actually really succeed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, you know, I had really high hopes for Kilwine, and there wasn't anything that I saw that made me think that he didn't perform. It just, for whatever reason, he wasn't in Lily's starting 11, a lot of games. And so, I think it's a good shout. Josh, what do you got? Yeah, as far as people I want to see stay, I'm going to pull Kevin and give you two names because it's more of a 2-0. I want to, I want to see Cicerone and Dixon stay. I, I feel like we have a strong offense this season, uh, and I, I don't want to see it get rebuilt again and us have to start all over again. If we can keep that core there and then you know be able to build the back, um, to get our defense back up to where it was in years past, we'll have an unstoppable team. Um, but as far as person I'm thinking most likely to go, 
it's it's probably going to be one of them. But uh, it could also be. I, this is who I thought Kevin was going to say. Forbes. Um, the reason Ooh. I'm saying Forbes. Honestly, I almost did. Yeah. I the reason that's I'm saying Forbes. I thought, that's not who I thought you guys were going to say. So go ahead. That's okay. your, that's okay. your reason. I, I mean, it, he might retire. Like it might be that time for Forbes, and I I would hate to see that happen. I don't want him to retire. I think he's still good, but honestly, it's it's to the point now where I could see him retiring this this off season. Um, I don't want him to, but that's kind of my sneaking suspicion. So that's yeah, oof, yeah. Uh, oh, Justin, <laughs> what do you got, man? How do I follow? How do I follow that up? I don't even know. How, like, so guys. Um, I mean, there's a lot of players that I'd be kind of disappointed to to see leave. I think the I will kind of go with Liz of like every year. I feel like I'm like Lily. Why are you getting rid of this person? And then we do fine in the season. And it's like it, we replace. You know, it's like. I don't know. I just, I feel like I get frustrated every year, but it's like, that's just the nature of USL and maybe the hound situation more than anything. Um, I mean, so the player I'd obviously be disappointed to leave is Danny Griffin. I think he's been really strong and um, you know, I think he's been good and yeah, I mean, he's young and fun to watch. And so I'd be, I'd be sad to, to see him leave. And I think the other thing he's done for the team over the last year anyway, is allow Forbes to play up higher, which is where I think he's better. So, um, you know, it'd, it'd be frustrating to see Forbes have to drop deeper in the midfield and, and that sort of thing. Um, probably. And he's probably, I don't know. So that, that would be a player. I think a, another player that I'd be sad to see just because I think he has a bigger upside than what we saw this season is Ezra Armstrong. I thought he was really good coming in late in games. I thought he ran the wing really well. Um, plays the system really well. And so I'd like to see him be around for another year um, and see what he can do. Um, not necessarily like, yeah, not necessarily do I think he'll be the best player ever, but I think he's he's a player who's who's on the come up and, and that sort of thing. Uh, the player that I don't think that Lily is going to bring back or wouldn't understand why he would bring back is Shane Wheat. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's that was the one I thought was on the tip of Kevin's tongue, and then I was expecting Josh to okay. say, and wait, it, it wait, waited wait, four wait. people before it came out. But okay, Shane Wheat will be back, much to my dismay. There's no <laughs> way with the amount of time that Shane Wheat played this season at center back when there were other center back options that Bob Lilly does not pick up that option. Like, I don't want to see him back. He's going to be back. I, I weirdly think Lily likes Shane V, and I think I think he thinks. Lily's, yeah. I, yeah. I I think I think he thinks V has a higher growth potential. I think he he thinks V could could. I mean, Justin, you said like this is you know this is the USL. Stop trying to play out from the back. I think Lily thinks like V could be the key to that. Like I think I think he thinks that V could be the ball playing center back in a three you know a three defensive system. But yeah, he does, I agree with you. I think he does see he sees V as Tommy V two point and yeah. it, like but that's not what he is. And so I just don't I don't understand it. So. Yeah, Justin, that's not what he is yet. He needs another system <laughs> sure. with Bob, obviously. Sure. Sure. I think we said it mid-season. I I wouldn't mind seeing Veet playing like a like a uh, like a holding midfielder destroyer type position because I think he has the height and he could do that as long as he has the coverage behind him. I just don't. Uh, yeah, 
Not to knock the guy. I'm Griffin? sure he's like a great guy, but like, yeah. Do you want him to get two yellows a game and red card out <laughs> of every game? I'm not sure. That's where we no, want to play. Maybe. No. Team chaos, man. Yeah. Oof. Steve, how about you? Um, so I, there are two players that I think are definitively likely to leave. Um, Williamson, who I don't want to see leave, but will because he was alone, but was somebody that added um, so much to the attack. And then Dequa, who I had such high hopes for coming into this season, and then just was not what I had hoped to see. Um, so I mean, I, so I'll, I'll lump them in as striker, not named Cicerone or Dixon, if Dixon was even a striker for most of the season. Um, and then if I look at especially the last month, two months of the season, the guys that Bob Lilly was relying on, um, you look at that and you look at who had options and who didn't. And the players that didn't have options, uh, Danny Vitiello, uh, Danny Griffin, uh, and uh, Kenny Forbes in the starting 11 most times. And then throw in a Jordan Dover as another guy that Bob has relied on historically, but maybe wasn't in that mix as much because of his injury. Um, pick any of those four, and I'm really disappointed to see them leave, but I think we're going to see more than one of them leave. Um, Josh really like wrecked my entire off season when he said Kenny may retire. And it, if Kenny leaves because he retires and it's Kenny's choice to retire, then Kenny, great to see you on the field for four years with the Hounds. Loved watching it. Best of luck. Stay in Pittsburgh. You're an asset to this community. If it is because Bob Lilly doesn't want to re-sign him for some reason, then it's the absolutely wrong decision decision right like like kenny forbes needs to retire as a riverhound if that's this year or next year or five years from now pull a a, a silva and retire at 37 <laughs> and i'll be happy right like but i think like for me it is definitively to get to the answer jordan dover um one of my favorite riverhound players uh always great to chat with after games um chat with in dms on twitter or wherever like, like he's just such a great guy and to see his season not come to fruition this year and this be the season that he doesn't come back that would really stink for me yeah just just a humble brag just dming jordan dover you know <laughs> <laughs> you do. great guy to meet for coffee hey. and have over for dinner <laughs> no, no, no. I, i've been telling our dogs for walks together ones for over a year and i haven't done it so you know like <laughs> Until I do that, I, I don't think I'm real friends with Jordan Dover. Oh, man. Laura Allen? Yeah, so I think I think what's been so hard in, uh, about this year and about this season and this team is that I feel like I just don't have an emotional connection, right? In 2019, we were able to go onto the field and talk to the players, and, you know, we had that wonderful like preseason kit reveal you know um and I guess we had that in 2020 right but there just like wasn't I just feel like there wasn't that connection with the players in a way that I wanted to personally see them um and certainly you know you're all talking about play on the field and um admittedly I wasn't as a diligent in my watching of the river hounds quite this season I had some other priorities that uh had to take place but someone said on a previous show and i was trying to remember who it was so one of you can claim this is that it would just be great to see the whole team just come back just because i feel like there is such kind of this idea of 
unfinished business or, you know, you talk about Lily having a chip on his shoulder, but just allowing this team to really reach their full potential. And of course, I don't think we'll see that because that's not how Lily or the USL works. Um, But that would be like, I don't know. I feel like that would be really cool. Or like, um, what was it? The 2020 USL championship championship that was postponed to like the first game of the year or replayed or whatever it was, right? That would be great. But of course, right, we're not going to have the same squad. It's not the same thing. Um, so, you know, there's that. I think, I, I, I don't know. I think Danny Griffin had a really, really excellent season. And I just see him wanting to make more money. And I see him, unless we have an option, which I don't think we do. Um, so, but I just, I can see him wanting to kind of make more money and go somewhere else. Um, and I feel like a lot of our players have done that, you know, whether it's been because of Pittsburgh or family reasons or, or financial reasons, I can kind of see Danny, you know, saying, okay, like I want to try to make it somewhere else and, and see what else can happen. And, you know, I can't really fault them. Like, I don't know this, you know, we can have a whole episode uh, about this, but thinking about the the salary agreement that the players union made, like when you look at those like base salaries, it's like, oh my God, like if this is actually them like collectively negotiating and then this is what they're asking for, like I just can't even imagine what they were getting before. So uh, that was a very long-winded way of saying I wouldn't be surprised. I think Danny is probably one of the players who will probably make an exit. Yeah. Danny. Was, what about you, Mike? I, as I say, Danny was my guy for player. I'd hate to see leave, uh, especially under the circumstances. So I think first of all, Laura Allen, you were saying, I don't know if he has an option. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. This was his option year, which means that if he was to stay, then we would basically be signing him to a new contract. Um, and I think that he's another player similar to Robbie Mertz, where it's, if you're going to go and you go to MLS, like best wishes go, you know, do what you're going to do. But if it's the case that, um, you know, he ends up playing in Birmingham or Hartford because they're willing to offer him more money. Like that's not cool. Like we, we need to get out of this cycle of just losing players because other teams are willing to pay them more money, which it sounded like that was the case with, you know, some of the players like Manky Azeel and Ryan James, when talking to Lily earlier this season, you know, he wanted to keep those guys, but they left for whatever other reasons. You know, when we lost Drew, Joe Greenspan, it sounded like it was family reasons. He moved all the way across the country. And Steve, yeah, you're I think it's I think you're right. I think it's it's money. So if we lose Danny Griffin to one of those teams for money, we know he has family in the Hartford area. Um, it would be terrible to see him go play for Hartford and have to face him a couple times next year. But he's the one that I would hate to see leave. And the one that I think that might go is Vidiello. And I, that's another one that I would hate to see leave, but that's a case where Lily has a tendency of Vidiello will be up on contract. He just takes anybody and turns them into a golden glove. So like let Vidiello go make more money somewhere else and we'll bring in somebody else and make them a golden glove. So if I was putting money on somebody to leave personally, I don't think, you know, we've, we've had Danny on a couple of times, both Danny's on. And like, I don't know if he necessarily wants to leave. You see him in all the stuff, the off season, you know, the food drives, like handing out food. Like, I think he would love to be here, but whether or not we consider him to be expendable and bring in somebody else that Lily will just make a new golden glove keeper. 
Like that's that's sort of where it's at. So and we could get Honestly, into that topic a lot. Oh, go ahead, Lorel. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I'm not a Videlo fan. Um, like as a goalkeeper, like I just I think I think he had an an, an excellent season, and I think he uh, got. I also think he got extraordinarily lucky in like many instances when he would like come out with like his swagger or whatever. I don't know. It just like it or it hit me the wrong way. I'm gonna be real honest. But like, if if Lily can like seemingly make golden glove keepers out of average keepers then and, and i don't think you were saying this mike but then like do we care if it's videlo or some other keeper right like i don't know if if lily trusts the guy to be in the net then at this point i'm like okay fine like you've demonstrated to us time and time again that you can seemingly create these keepers out of nowhere not to say creating them out of nothing because they're definitely are putting in the hard work and putting in the time, but I don't know if he wants to go, that's fine. I'd rather save my money and, you know, keep Griffin, frankly. And the crazy part about that keeper conversation is he's not creating system keepers who do really well for us and do really poor everywhere else. Like he's creating Kyle Morton. He's creating Austin mm -hmm. pack. These guys are starting other places in the league mm -hmm. and doing really well. And so it's it is crazy that like he's not creating like yeah we we had a lot of conversations around Lily for the last couple of years of like <clears throat> oh he's got a good defense so the keepers probably aren't that good they just get away with a lot because they have a good defense in front of them Vidiello kind of proved that not to be true this year and and was in the top five for the Golden Glove most of the year and and all of that and then same thing I think every other keeper who has been there has now gone on to do bigger and better things post hounds. So I think that that just shows what he's creating. But the system is important. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like it's huge because you look at a guy like Kyle Morton got injured in 2018 and Dan Lunt stepped up. And where is Dan Lunt? He retired after that season, right? Like he was a top tier keeper or, or his stats were top tier for a keeper in the USL in 2018. And then he wasn't in the league after that. Um, and then you see Kyle Morton be a player that was like, had he not started that last game in 2019, he would have been the Golden Glove winner. Uh, Danny Vidiello was the Golden Glove winner last season, uh, top five this season, right? Like you look at that and where's Kyle Morton now? He's uh, on a reserve team in an MLS team, right? Like, so he's, he's playing backup uh, at a higher level. Like, Bob knows how to find keepers as like Danny Vidiello. Love the guy. Love his attitude. Um, one of my favorite episodes of the pod was when he was on it. Like just listening to him talk was just great last off season. Um, he's a cool, genuine guy. Um, his off field presence. I, I can't replace that in the persona, right? Like, we might get another great persona, but his on-field presence, I think Bob Lilly can find those guys. And as much as I don't want to see him leave because I like Danny Vidiello, I'm not worried about a Danny Vidiello leaving in terms of what it does to the position of keeper. Yeah, agreed. We have uh, we have two more questions here. I'm actually going to skip over one of them, and we're just going to go positive instead. The one question was was going to be where do you want to see us improve in the off season? And it feels like a lot of people were leaning towards defensive, get better defensively. One stat that I thought was interesting, um, just as I was digging stuff up, and we don't have to talk too much about this, but I think that 
a lot of this season, we talked about how offensively potent we were as a team and how it seemed like, you know, we weren't relying on one guy. Goals were coming left and right. And when you look back from 2021 to 2018, basically four seasons under Lily, this season actually had the second lowest number of goals per game, goals per minute out of any Hounds team that we've had. Um, which I think is very interesting because I would have just assumed that to be higher. Now, you know, in terms of goals conceded, this was the lowest season out of the four as well. We started at 0.8, then 0.9, then 0.8 per game. And this season we were at 1.1 goals conceded per game. So obviously we want to clean up the defense a little bit, but we have had more goal scoring offenses in the past as well. So um, chalk that up to to whatever it may be. But I mean, I just, I, Sorry, Mike. I I appreciate so much that you put this together <laughs> and you putting this together makes it so much easier for us to have these very critical conversations. What I will say about the 2020 season is that it's a complete anomaly. So like I feel like it's so like so many things were different about, you know, who we were playing, how often we played them, the number of games that we played, you know, and anyway, it just like if we like throw that out, right? 2021 is about average for the number of goals that we have. Like it's right in the middle of 2018 and 2019. And then we conceded more goals per game, uh, but not, well, not that many. I wouldn't say it's statistically significantly different, just eyeballing it. But I, for- um, I forgot that right, we had like, our statisticians on the show like, with us this week. So I should have just like sat back. And- I mean, no, this is really great. I really appreciate it. We could like do some nice graphing of this, although it'd be great to have more. Anyway, this is I feel like, I also, feel like the kid Kev who brought home a painting and like too. gave it to their mom, like, look what I did. And you're like, oh, that's nice, honey. Like, we'll, put that on the we'll put this in a folder, but not on the fridge. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I, I know you did. Putting this just- together. <laughs> I just had to point it out. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate you pointing it out. Um, but that that sort of segue to, and Laura Ellen, we'll start with you here. What are you most looking forward heading into 2022? We've talked about a lot of topics that I think we're going to spend a lot of time this offseason covering. Kevin, I know you still have your, like, does delaying a throw-in mean the exact same thing as, you know, trying to fake a penalty? <laughs> um, we'll that talk Kevin about talking? that. It, it sounded right, just yeah. like Kevin talking. I did, did it, right? Yeah. yeah that was... um, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's for a moment just sort of look ahead. 2022, it's literally, what, probably four-ish months away, and we're going to be talking preseason games and get ready for the season to start. So what are you most looking forward to in 2022? I am so excited. We are going to coordinate. I mean, I'm speaking this into existence, just like you were saying, Josh, right? I, we are going to coordinate and we're going to have a Mongols live at the Rubber Hounds where all of us can be together. Kev, you're going to drive up in your fancy little car and we're going to drive in <laughs> in our less fancy car. And we're just like all going to hang out and be together. And it's going to be super great. I also am excited for uh, us to have the debate. I am also interested in this conversation, Kevin. And so I think we can have a really robust conversation that hopefully will be really interesting um, because I've, I have very strong opinions. I also think we should talk about like delay and goal kicks. Like, is that the same, right? When you pull up the shin guards, when you like do the things, right? So many thoughts. 
Uh, but all that to say for 2022, I'm so excited for the Mongols crew to get together um, and and be at a River Hounds game. Agreed. That that makes me think that like we should we should get organized and actually like plan out the shows in advance with the topics and like we can even ask patreon followers like who wants to sit and talk about this like do you have strong feelings and we could just have a whole panel and just go through it which could be a lot of fun um i like it steve um so i'm gonna give a shout out to soccer better because laura ellen's answer seemed very soccer better and (laughs) if you don't listen to soccer better you should go listen to soccer better because it's our own liz and laura ellen uh talking about how to soccer better um yeah that just made me think of that um what am i most looking forward to i i was trying to think of a really good answer and i don't have a really good answer um I don't know. I, I think one of the things I've really missed is the opportunity to talk and think deeply about River Hounds formally. Um, last year, this year, we're both really weird. I mean, uh, Justin, Laura, Ellen moving, uh, me working towards uh, proposing my dissertation made this year really difficult to think about doing a preview show. So I don't know what Justin's plans are for next year. I'm hoping he wants to do the preview show again. Uh, I'm hoping we can find a way to do it a little differently um, and have a lot more fun with it. Um, but I, I think just kind of that type of thing where we get to talk about soccer um, and do something a little different uh, in terms of what does it look like to talk about what we're thinking about with the upcoming games for the river hounds whether that's once a week once a month or whatever i don't know um but that's something i've missed and something i'm looking forward to going forward is getting back into that justin, justin it's your turn i was say justin <laughs> are you looking forward to talking to steve as much as he's looking forward to talking to you i don't need justin steve steve's going to record monologues yeah for the games it's, hey, it's a lot more fun than what you've done previously <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't like, yeah, I don't have anything. I don't really have a great answer to this question. I think it's hard to know what I'm looking forward to until like I see a 2022 roster, you know, and it's like, okay, hounds are getting 20 players on their roster. Now I can figure out what I'm excited about based on who got resigned and everything else. I will say, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm looking forward to in 2022 is like, and this is going to sound pretty cliche, but I think just the continued growth of the USL. And I feel like just with, I feel like the league is figuring it out. Right. And like getting there and getting places and they're, they're being creative and they're being fun. And like, yeah, there's still the USL and we can still talk about them and they're still terrible at times, but like even the fact that they did replay the game, but then Thinking about, you know, thinking about next year, I think there's, you know, Detroit City, there's probably less two teams, there's, you know, like, it feels like the league is gaining an identity the way maybe the NASL and other leagues have had an identity previously. And so I feel like with the Women's League and and the changes in the league, I'm just looking forward to next year. I think it's going to be fun and it's going to show continued growth in the way that they've been growing for the past couple of years and even the fact that the championship game was on ESPN last night and like it wasn't on some sub network you know um so I think that that's pretty all that's pretty cool yeah Josh 
Yeah, it's it's along the same lines. It's more focusing on the local aspect of that growth that we're seeing. So this year we had Vic, uh, the president of uh, the Riverhounds, come in, and he made a lot of changes. And he he had like this tailgate zone thing where they had food trucks every game um, and merch outside. They they set up more points of sales within the stadium. Um, and it was just kind of like I felt like it was scratching the surface of what changes we could be seeing for the the stadium itself and the way the hounds run themselves um, during game day and outside of game day. So that that's exciting to see. But then also on the Steel Army side, this is the biggest we've been uh, ever. We had the most members we've ever had. Uh, we had a lot of money saved up now because of that. So we're going to be making a lot of you know purchases and doing some stuff during the off season. Yeah, I mean that's that's where it comes down to. We have money now to do things that we want to do. Um, and speaking of you know Detroit, that's the closest away trip we could have now. So it's very possible that maybe we'll get a bus again where we can actually you know do an away trip or at least a caravan type situation. So like the possibilities for next season are pretty huge as far as growth. So just looking forward Plus, to that growth. Plus the next season, Josh, maybe you'll have Queensboro. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I am thrilled about Detroit coming into the league. Uh, I've got a buddy that when he lived in Pennsylvania, came to a couple of Riverhounds games. Uh, we had some great memories. He's in the Detroit area. Like I'm looking forward to him coming here and going out there. Like that's a huge grab for the Hounds and for the league. Uh, it's a quality organization. It's great to see them come. I always forget that Detroit's like four hours away. Like I'm always like, oh, it's Detroit. It's like three days away. And it's like, no, it's actually really close. So yeah, it's a good call. Liz, how about you? I'm also going to manifest things into being. So someone close to me is going to have garage space that they're just going to let me use so that I can get a Steel Army utility van and watch Ooh. out tailgating. I have plans. I'm willing to buy the truck, but I want a free parking space. <laughs> so I need a garage, guys, because there'll be stuff in the van, you know? It's like, anyway, so that's what we're going to manifest into being is the Steel Army uh, tailgate utility van. Josh is real excited. Can you tell? He's so happy. What was it? There was a few years ago. Wasn't somebody selling like an, an old ambulance on eBay or something like that? And we were like, how awesome would that be? Right? Yeah. Is it would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. The ambulance ends up being a little bit big and then it's hard to park. But a lot of the utility vehicles, mm -hmm. like they have all the outdoor compartments, and then you have the easy slots inside because the bigger ones, like the, the mini buses and the ambulances, people have like made seating areas inside. No one's going to sit inside of this vehicle. It just, I needed to transport all the stuff I need. <laughs> good, good save. Good save. <laughs> that was a really <laughs> good save. <laughs> <laughs> This gravy. <laughs> I was going to say, Liz, Liz brings a lot of gravy to the tailgate. <laughs> a lot of gravy. And it's going to be a tailgate. <laughs> oh, that's definitely something to look forward to next year. Kev? I mean, yeah, a lot. Of, I, I second a lot of what's already been said. Uh, Detroit City FC. Um, maybe Kenny will design a new kit. That'll be cool. Um, there we go. <laughs> And I say, I feel like I say for the past two years running, um, I'm so excited to see what happens with the training facilities. And I think Tuffy has been tweeting out some photos um, of progress that's just being made there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, in, in the similar theme from what everyone said, I think, you know, in the absence of 
of roster movements or big managerial shifts or any kind of, you know, salary spending increases or whatever. Um, you know, all, all you can hope for is kind of, yeah, growth around the club in a lot of different ways, whether that's, yeah, local support, you know, through growth of the steel army or attendance or, or stadium expansions or, you know, marketing changes or, and, and yeah, I mean, and, and I, for me, I think the training facilities could be a big step in that way. And, and it seems like it's progressing. So I'm, I'm excited to see that kind of fully up and operational next season. Cool. Cool. Um, I think my, what I'm most looking forward to is I think the, the continued evolution of Bob Lilly. I think when he first came in, we were sort of cautioned, like, don't call him a defensive coach, but he very much felt like a defensive coach. And this year when he rolled out his, what it was three, six, one, um, or, you know, whatever the formation was to just try to get as many guys forward as he could. I think that was something that a lot of teams hadn't seen and weren't really prepared for. And so he's clearly identified that the defense uh, needs work. I mean, he said as much on on that um, in the press conference that we were at. So to sort of see how he continues to push himself and therefore push pushes the team further and what that ultimately means for us as an organization. Because, I mean, let's be honest, not that I think anybody thought when he stepped in that things were going to turn around immediately. It kind of did because we went from being really excited about barely missing the playoffs to like really disappointed if we're not in the top two uh, each year. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But obviously this team still has a hurdle to get over and it feels like Lily is heavily invested in getting past that. He doesn't want to see somebody else come in and cross that hurdle. That isn't him. So how he ultimately pushes himself um, in the off season. And, you know, it sounded like immediately after the season ended, they didn't even get a chance to see the guys yet. And they were already planning for the next year. There's there. You haven't even wrapped up yet. And they were like trying to figure out how are we going to adapt and be get better next year. So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. In addition to everything else that you guys just said, I think that us moving to something like this restream platform opens up a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. for different things, a lot more like round table live conversations like this. Um, in the past, we've had players on in the off season. We talked about how fun it would be to have multiple players on at the same time and like pit them against each other in different ways, which could be fun. <laughs> um, so I think I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing who does come back and so that we can all, you know, go to one extreme and go, that's crazy. Why are they bringing so-and-so back? And then seeing who we bring in and then we sort of like level back out in the middle a little bit and cross our fingers. But um, I think as always, it's going to be an exciting off season. And uh, I think next year is going to be fun. You know, you can always chalk up to the fact that we'll at least be making the playoffs and it's just how dominant are we going to be beyond that? And Why do you tempt I, the fates with phrases like that? You just throw this out all willy-nilly and ask the gods to smite you. I just, you know, I love swimming in gravy, Liz. Okay. So all right. just, I'd love to set myself up that way, and that's just how I live my life. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I think. Um, so that's what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. Guys, anything else that you have that you want to share? I'm hoping that we see all of you far more often this offseason and we do a lot more of these like roundtable conversations because this is fun. Um, but anything else from you guys before we wrap things up here? I'm just wondering what the proverbial mashed potatoes of this great <laughs> analogy that we've been using is. 
<laughs> a lot of questions. A lot of questions. That feels like that's a whole like show in and of itself now. We Justin. can talk food later. It'll be fine. That's right. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We've got a whole off season. I, yes, I, I want to be clear. Polanski found the ambulance. If we still want to revisit that, <laughs> it's too big. It's too big. It's not what I need. Thanks, Polanski. Yes, thank you, Polanski. Um, he, he just said loaded mashed potatoes. All right, I think that's it for this one. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining this, and thank you guys, obviously, for for being part of this roundtable. Make sure you head over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. This is your weekly reminder, as always, that Black Lives Matter. I need to get my graphics up because otherwise I'm not going to be able to do this. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and UX Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at Roughneck Scarves. Dot com. Tired of the same old cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a completely custom kit for your youth club, uh, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. I've been seeing Icarus on some pro teams, which is kind of crazy, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, check them out, IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to BGN.FM, where we've now got over 100 fans and players that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. See you later. Gravy! <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>